the beginning, all I wanted was money. Like, oh, I want to be a millionaire, right? Like, that'd be so cool. I'm going to tell all my friends I'm a millionaire. Yes. But like, what does that mean? Like, like, you know, and now I'm like, I just want like a cool lifestyle. I want to be happy. I want to be relaxed. I don't want to worry. I don't want to think about money. Like, you know, I, I mean, that's like the dream, right? You don't have to worry about money. You just do what you do and you're fine. I just want you to think about money and to like enjoy it and to have fun with it and, and not be this boring, dry topic all the time. Right. And so I always think of mine as like the fluffy, like dessert. And then like, once you get a taste, you're like, well, I kind of need like the, you know, to sustain myself, I kind of need the meat, you know, and potatoes. And then they go to other people's sites and get that. <laughs> This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. Jay Money wants you to know that budgets are sexy. That's the title of the personal finance blog that he started 11 years ago. And even though you may never think budgets are sexy, the point that Jay is trying to get across is that personal finance doesn't have to be boring. In 2008, Jay started posting monthly net worth updates in addition to his regular content. In 137 months, Jay has grown his net worth from just under $59,000 to almost $920,000. And you don't have to wonder how he did it. Just go to Budgets Are Sexy and click on the net worth link. You'll see all 137 posts and can drill down on any one of them. Jay has always been about full disclosure, which is one of the main reasons he still remains anonymous. As we discussed in the interview, I have met him at FinCon, but I don't know his last name or whether his first name is actually Jay or a name that starts with Jay, and I don't know where he lives. Including Budgets Are Sexy, Jay's personal finance projects have reached over 30 million views. But most importantly, Jay is just a great guy and we are lucky to have him in the personal finance community. If you like what you hear today, I recommend you sign up for Jay's daily emails. After 11 years and now a father of three, Jay is still doing what he can to make personal finance fun and engaging. Jay Money joined me from an undisclosed location in the United States to share his personal finance story. First things I remember, and I, I don't know, whenever Nintendo Game Boys came out, so I think that was probably seven or eight or nine or something like that. But like, okay. I remember really wanting one bad, and my parents being like, sure, you can get one. And I'm like, awesome. They're like, well, you have to go and, and get the money for it. And I was like, not awesome. <laughs> you know, I just wanted <laughs> well, it. <laughs> where do you get money? Where do, where would you have even got money? At yeah, and I remember like thinking like, what's the fastest way? And um, you know, and at that age, you know, there's babysitting stuff, there's mowing lawns. Yeah, I remember regular like, stuff. Yeah, all the regular stuff you do as kids. And I remember, oh man, I remember taking forever. I think it was like I don't know ninety dollars, which is you know a lot of money back then, especially when you're a kid. Yeah, and I remember doing all this, and I think it took me I don't know like two years. And of course, two years is a long time, and I have I finally have all this money, and I'm like, I don't want to spend it all, like, and especially like not on a you know a video game. I mean, so wait, you save money for two years? Yeah, it was game like Boy? two years or something. It took oh, me wow. forever. Yeah, and I would do yard sales and sell stuff here and there, but like that was like the first realization of like, wow, like it took a lot of work to get this money. You know? Yeah, what an early <laughs> lesson in like delayed gratification, and then well, also the whole idea of what uh, the 24 or 48 hour rule that people use, right? If you want to buy something online, you just oh, yeah. wait. Oh, just well, you, you, you did oh, 20, yeah. 24 months. Yeah, basically. this is before the internet, man. This is old school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though, it's ironically like a year or two after I had the money, like I found a, like a used Game Boy with like five games at a yard sale for like 10 bucks. And then I sure as, <laughs> I sure as hell bought it then. <laughs> well, that's why yeah, I mean, everybody wants everything new like yes. right now, right? And that's then they'll pay the price for it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. I don't know why. Another thing I really wanted bad as a kid was like nike air jordans 
you know, sure. and in school, right? Like that was Everybody. The thing. Yeah, whatever you're wearing, that was cool. My parents were big <laughs> on to pay less shoes and budgeting. Like they didn't want to spend anything, especially on shoes. What, what a great name for a company, eh? It's like, yeah, pay less. I wonder, I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to be expensive shoes. It's not something you would ask. I know. And I remember begging like in sixth grade. I was like, mom, like, I don't care. Just get me Nikes. I don't care what they look like. I just cannot be in school like with pay less shoes. I'm going to be made fun of you know and now i don't care at all but back then you know that was like the important stuff of life you know what are you wearing (laughs) okay well let's jump ahead for for a sec uh how old are your kids six five and then uh a little guy that just turned one yeah amazing first of all i don't know how you can do it my brother has three boys as well oh wow it's great i just have i have a new one of my own hey congrats just over four months henry but nice they're getting to that point where they're well maybe one of them's already in school right yeah yeah they're starting kindergarten and second grade here coming up yeah so what if he said to you like i need i need this newest (laughs) oh i'm gonna do the same trick my parents did great you can have it and then when they get all excited say now go earn the money (laughs) (laughs) is it still like that do you know do are are we still is our kids just still about like who has the coolest things and all that nothing's changed or yeah it seems like yeah no one cares at least at this age with with clothes but it's definitely things like whatever the newest game is or um toy like we all talk about it and cell phones i mean it is crazy some of like my Yeah, my son's friends, they all have cell phones. And of course, they're all iPhones. And they're like six and seven years old. Right. And then, of course, it's like what my son wants. Like everyone else has a phone. Why can't I have a phone? And I'm like, I don't even have an iPhone, you know, I have a smartphone. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but that's like the big thing. And especially when everyone else is doing it right. Like it's just so much pressure. And so far, my kids are good. But I know like at some point we're going to have to have the talk, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll, you know, and we'll get back to that uh, because I want to know how you're talking to your kids about money uh, as well. But let's, let's uh, resume your uh, story about wanting all this stuff and saving so long to get it. So now you're young. And so you ended up getting a Game Boy a little bit later. Yes. Um, do you know what you did with any of that money that you saved? You're like, I want to keep it for something else. Oh, uh, I can't. I can't remember. I remember liking the feeling of like. I think like when my bank account went over a hundred. Like yeah. I remember thinking that was really powerful, and that was like the most money I've ever had. And especially when someone says, "Oh, a hundred dollars." I mean, that's just a lot of money even now, right? Like everyone yeah, wants a hundred dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. But like back then, the idea that I would save it and I had it for so long. I don't know. It just felt good. And I think at some, like once I got to college, I mean, I was spent, I was working three jobs here and there. And um, my parents said, look, like I was very fortunate that they paid for my college and they said, look, we're going to pay for the college. You got to graduate in four years, but everything you want to spend, all your fun money, everything like you need to earn, I'm not like going to buy you beer while you're there. And so so I, I learned to save, I learned to work hard and save all the money, but then I also would just spend it all throughout the year of college you know, every year. And then I have to re-earn it again and then spend it all. So it wasn't really until like my mid twenties where it finally caught on, Hey, save it, but then don't do the second part of spend it. <laughs> you know? well, well, yeah. What? So how were your parents with the whole saving aspect? They were so good. I mean, they were so frugal. My clothes came from thrift stores for the most part, right? Payless, um, yeah. yard sales. Like we got lots of hand-me-downs and we were in the military family. I'm one of three kids. Um, So we were always moving all the time. And my mom, she worked, but she was mostly, you know, stay at home mom. And then my dad was off at, you know, six months at a time deployed all over the world. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So everything I learned was basically from my mom and saving money, the value of hard work and all that good stuff. Um, So I'm very, very fortunately raised in that, in that regard. What does she do for work? Kids centers, like helping kids, daycare centers and stuff. Um, And it always had to be temporary because we kept moving every you know, yeah. every year, two years. That sounds like a um, challenge for you as well. Then you, when did you start getting jobs and earning your own money? Yeah. I mean, it really was uh, besides like the, the mowing the lawns here and there, it wasn't really until I got into high school, late high school that I started, you know, working, you know, quote, like normal jobs, right? Like yeah, restaurants. Yeah. And, but I didn't, I didn't get a, an actual nine to five until yeah and probably till my my mid-20s like way after college i still even did retail and all odds and ends till i got a nine to five and then you know i only had a nine to five for a few years and then i tried blogging which was all accidental and that's my new my new quote like real job that like isn't real you know (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, yeah. So you, you said school was paid for, and yes. then you were working. So that you were working these like restaurant or retail jobs during yes. school. Yeah, I started like after school. So I went to school for for business. That was my whole thing because okay, I wanted yeah. to travel. My dad's like, "Hey, do international business. Oh, you can travel okay. around, see the world." Because I wasn't going to join the military um, like he did, but I wanted to do something fun, and so that was the plan. But when I got into school. Like I got into like graphic design and kind of like artsy stuff, which my my parents weren't probably totally thrilled about. But that was like when I really learned that like the world was a lot open than, you know, than I originally thought. You know, I started hanging out with people that were like, oh, you can do anything you want. There's always a way to to, to get there. And I just didn't have a lot of that growing up. It was like very rigid. I go to school, get a job. Like here are the jobs that pay well. And so when I graduated, like I was like, I'm going to move to New York City. I'm going to be like a big, you know, designer. I'm going to go to all the elite parties. Like I was big into like social life and like the dream, you know, and I did. I made it to New York City. (laughs) I I did. Yeah, I had like $2,000, like two suitcases. I crashed at friends and, you know, over the course of two or three years, which is all I lasted there. I kind of got a realization of how important money is and, and keeping expenses low. And that really kind of changed my mindset a little bit. Um, you know, but when I was there, I was, you know, partying and I always find a way, like, it's funny, people say they don't have money for things, but then if you look at the, like, like drinking and, and partying, right. Yeah. Like people are like, Oh, I don't have the money. I can't save for like retirement or I can't save for a new car, but you'll always find them at the bar. They always somehow magically come up with money enough to like do that. Right. It's just, it's micro, like they can. Yeah. They can find that money right now and then they can find it again next week and they can find it again next week. Yeah. But they, 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 they don't think that they have it. Yeah. And, th- and that like that's that's how I was back then. It was like I could always like find money to go out somehow, you know, but then I was always playing that game where you get money in your checking account and you, you send it to savings. But then at the end of the month, you pull it back out of savings and then yeah. you spend it. But like, <laughs> but for like a week, you feel good about saving. You know, <laughs> like it feels really good. And then you feel this horrible, like, ah, oh, I have to do it again. I'm such an idiot. And it keeps repeating. Right? Well, you like, got it, some kind of points or credit for, for that kind of thing, right? It's like, I, I did it. I, I did. Gold star or, yeah. or something. Oh, man. What about credit cards? Did you get involved with those around that time too? Um, so I had my first one that my parents set up or co-signed or whatever, and it was pretty much like emergency only. So I was pretty good there because I knew whatever I put on it, you know, would go back to my parents. And so like it, ref- I, I refrained from like going into debt. So, and actually, I've never been into debt. I've never been, you know, again, because they paid for college and I've always had it like had to earn money in order to, to spend it all. Um, but yeah. I was always like even the whole time up until like my mid my mid 20s. And really, it was like a 401k plan. At, I, I used work at the startup and they had this crazy 401k plan that was literally like whatever you put in up to the legal limit of like 16,000 or whatever, like we'll match a hundred percent. And oh, I wow. thought, and I told my dad and he was like, you are an idiot if you don't put every single dollar yeah. in there, you know? And <laughs> I was like, but right. it, yeah, it's like, but it's like 16,000. I mean, it was like a thousand dollars a paycheck or, or a year or a month. I mean, you know, to get whatever, All right? Wait, but that can't be right. Yeah. Oh, maybe almost every paycheck. Like it was like a lot of money. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But he was like, but everyone you put, and it was fully vested also at the same okay. time. So if I put a thousand dollars in my paycheck, it would match another thousand right away, you know, double the money plus, you know, all the compounding. You didn't have to wait two years or something for it to, yeah, to, va- to vest, that's right. a lot of them do. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, well, how can I do so? So pretty much for like three or four months of the year, however long it took me, I would just max it out. I think the most I could do is like 90% of my paycheck. Like that's the most that the computer would let me. And so, and so every paycheck for like the first three or four months of the year, I got like $90, you know, to live off of. Um, <laughs> and I had like some savings, you know, a little bit, but like, but I kept thinking, oh, that's like 30 something thousand dollars. Right. And after that first year or two, like I had 50,000 in there and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the most money I've ever had in my whole life. Wow. You know? And, and that was a big thing. And what's crazy is that out of the, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us that was working there, only one other person was doing it. Most people didn't even oh, contribute wow. anything. 
but that really opened my eyes a lot. Yeah, that I mean, that's uh, we we have RSPs here, right? Mm-hmm. It's a similar similar thing, or or uh, a pension if somebody has a company pension, right? Which is you know we don't know what those are over here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're yeah they're few and far between uh, okay. in Canada now too. You're pretty lucky, and the ones that do exist, like defined benefit pensions, yeah, they're really good, and okay. you just like people complain about how much comes off their paycheck, but. Oh wow! Like you're set up. That adds uh, it's, up. It's yeah. uh, it's all like better than your hundred percent matching in the long run. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, that's really crazy. So yeah, what what happens with the four hundred one k stuff has to stay in until retirement? Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You have to keep it in there, and I think you could like take loans against it and pay yourself back and stuff. But you know that's all a slippery slope when you when you get there. But so oh, usually- of course, yeah, yeah. We have a similar. You can borrow for certain reasons, uh, you right. know, school or whatever. But well, and that and that's the other part, right? Like I think that's the other thing that. I accidentally stumbled across is unlike savings and checking again, playing that game of transferring money and then transferring out when yeah. it was in it. And I, and I always play by the rules. And so when like money went into my, my retirement account, like I knew there was no way for me to touch it, you know, like it prevented me. So there's, uh, you know, even when I was living off $90 paychecks and like, Oh, like this sucks. Like I just want like an extra 200 or a thousand or whatever. I couldn't pull from there. Like it restricted. And so it, so over the, I mean, now it's been 12 or 13 years since I started investing in my 401k. I mean, yeah. that stuff keeps snowballing and snowballing, you know, and yeah, there's going to be sure. crashes and all that stuff. But when you don't touch it, like it's the most simplest thing, like put money away and then just literally don't touch it for like decades, you know? I know, it's, it's nice, so right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you, hard. you only know once you've actually experienced that time though, yeah, right? It's correct. I mean, do you remember, was it, it was probably real hard. You're talking about it now. It's probably hard to live on that $90. Yeah, it was in the beginning. Yeah. And, and I didn't have kids, you know, and, and all that stuff, which obviously is more expensive as you know, you're probably finding out too. Um, yeah, you know, but, but <laughs> not, that not quite yet. Not yet. <laughs> but that was the thing. Like once I, once it clicked in my head, I was like, I can survive off of nothing for a little while if I have to, right? And even like, I think there was a month where I did put money on a credit card full while knowing the next month, like my paychecks were going to be normal or more than normal, right? Because now I don't have any 401k coming out so I can pay it off. Mm. So like there was times, you know, like I always knew that worst case I can find money, right? Like, so, and that's the thing. It forced me to save, you know, and that was a hell of a perk. That the perk only lasted, I think, about two or three years. And our company ended up folding. Like it became a big mess down the road. Um, but that really like opened my eyes to like, well, what other hacks are out there, and what, like, what else can I do to keep this up? You know, and like for the first time in my life, I was actually excited about personal finance, right? And that's when I, you know, stumbled across the blogging world. And I was like, holy crap, people are talking about you know, sharing their net worths and all the stuff they do, the goods and the bads. And that just like blew me away. Okay. So you, you got curious around that time. Yeah. So, so, so far what I'm, I'm hearing a really interesting, uh, you know, picture that's being painted about, uh, you know, you, you said you play by the rules mm-hmm. and, uh, somehow you weren't attracted to credit probably thanks to your parents. Yes. And that like these things combined plus this like early, excitement about personal finance is like oh wow like i could put this in and it gets matched and then that grows and i can't touch it and that'll help me in the future all these things combined just seem to work really well together and oh then your realization of i like people when they, they're like i only have 90 dollars to, to live on yeah. they're like well thank thank god i have a credit card yes that's what they that's what they think but you didn't go there instead you went to well this is a challenge yes yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, and I had, I think I had like, let's say 2000 in savings. I can't remember. It's been so long, but I had money where I knew like if I could plan it out, like I was trying to figure out like worst case and how this works. And, and, and you can also do a lot of stuff very temporarily too, right? Like you could, you could live very sparsely for two or three months. Like if you were forced to, it's not fun, but you can, it's more like if you have to do that way for decades where it gets hard, right? Like that's the hard part. Well, and you, it sounds like you were always able to get a job somewhere. Yeah, I was always fortunate to get a job. And mostly, I mean, it wasn't even my degree. It was, you know, talking to people, networking, and, you know, even going back to like the the New York days, like I wanted to like travel the world, right? And I, I got out of business because I did art. But then I was like, well, maybe if I work for the airlines, right? Like you can get free flights mostly. So I did that for a year and I used that to fly around the world for basically free. You know, I still got nice. paid. Yeah. So like I always try trying to figure out like, what's the end goal? Like what's, the, and it's usually around lifestyle, right? Because that's what, 
you know, at least what I'm realizing now in the beginning, all I wanted was money. Like, oh, I want to be a millionaire, right? Like, that'd okay, be so yeah. cool. I'm going to tell all my friends I'm a millionaire. Yes. But like, what does that mean? Like, like, you know, and now I'm like, I just want like a cool lifestyle. Nice. I want to be happy. I want to be relaxed. I don't want to worry. I don't want to think about money. Like, you know, I, I mean, that's like the dream, right? You don't have to worry about money. You just do what you do and you're fine. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, I'm a personal finance coach. And, uh, you know, I, I like to, I move people in the right direction in terms of what they should be doing or who they should be talking to about their money. Right. Yeah. So I'll send a lot of people to robo advisors. I, I, I use robo advisors myself because I, I just don't like, I could, I could do DIY investing. It would probably be interesting for me, but I just don't want to go there. Right? <laughs> not, not everybody has a lot of work too. the desire or, or yeah, like I don't want to rebalance. Right. Sure. I know how to do all this stuff. Right. I also know how to do people's taxes, but I don't do that <laughs> all the oh, time. That's a good analogy, yeah. Right. Like, it's like just because you know how to do something doesn't mean you can't delegate it for, for a price. It's whatever it's, uh, it's worth to you. Yes. That's, and, that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. And you're right. And people, the first thing they'll say, well, like, why would you pay the five bucks a month or the half a percentage point or whatever yeah, it is? That's right? what they say. That's, that's their what, argument. Yeah. That's what they look. And even like here, an app that was really fam- popular for a little while was called Digit, right? It would, you connect yeah. it, it saves your money. And I was a fan. I became an advisor to them. Like I was like the number one fan and I'd get yeah. emails like, oh my God. Like I think at one time, like we could track like the referrals and I think after a year and a half of me promoting Digit, because I, I was using it myself and I believe in it, like m- the people that connected to Digit through me, total over a year and a half had saved over, I think it was like $3 million. Like in t- oh, wow. Like it's a lot of money, right? Yeah, and yeah. Everyone was happy and it was free. The second they started charging, it was like, I think it's like uh. $2.99 a month, right? Oh man, the internet exploded. Everyone was bashing them. All the customers, oh, I'm not sad that this is not worth it for $2.99. I'm like, Dude, we just saved three million dollars, and you have two ninety nine. And like, granted, yeah, most of the people complaining like are people that don't need digital. Right? They're like financial experts that can do it themselves. You know, we have a free financial plan company called Planswell uh, okay. here in Canada. Yeah, and right. it, it's not it's not like a you know your thirty five hundred dollar financial plan with estate planning and tax planning and all that stuff. Right. Of course, it, it can't be. It's free, right? Yeah. Right. Like, but people are analyzing it as if well, it didn't uh, talk about this thing and it didn't <laughs> yeah. talk about that thing. Like, what did you have before? You didn't <laughs> I, have anything. Right. Yeah, that's right. Now you get now you got a, a a nice framework, right? Which does happen to have the government calculations, which is very important for Canada because we can't use your retirement planning tools. So, right. You know, the IRS is not the same as the CRA. Right. It's right. it's very different when you cross a border. So you know, whenever somebody at FinCon says, "Hey, check out my retirement calculator," I'm like, "Well." <laughs> I mean, generally, generally, I can. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. But uh, if you don't have a Canada pension plan and old age security in there, you can just um, say, "Hey, check out our health, our, our healthcare over here," because <laughs> <laughs> we sure like to bitch about that one. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's not go there. Cause <laughs> okay. There's, uh, yeah, because well, that's one of the things on a lot of the the blogs in the states. Yeah. There's, I mean, everybody talks about healthcare costs. And in terms of budgeting too, and oh, you got to pick your pick your plan or whatever it is, oh, yeah. and that's like just so it doesn't mean anything to us, right? Like it's just like that's one part that we can't relate to. Yeah, that's the beautiful part about you guys, and and really all around the world too. Like the just the ability to have that and not worry. Like that is the, I mean, that is a big bulk of what people in our country worry about financially too, right? And people that are yeah. sick, they won't even get they won't even get help. Right, because it the whole system is all crazy. That's the worst part of it. Is if like if I don't know if somebody's sick, they should just be able to uh, be repaired in some way, right? I know, I know. So like, wow, this conversation went down. (laughs) 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 Invited this guy. That's why I like leaving it open because yeah, we could talk. <laughs> but other than the decline of the United States, which we will move on from, you know, I do, I do love the states. There's, a, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. But okay. there are, you know, it's, it's a big country, and you got a lot of people. So of course, yeah. there's going to be some downsides, just as, as there are here. I'm sure. I just can't think of them right now. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, know, I guess I hear any Canadians complain about anything. I'm serious. I never hear any complaints over there. Great. Well, it's because so I no, I'm not going to say. I was going to say it's because we live next door to you, but. Uh, 
<laughs> now, now I'm. I don't want to start U.S. bashing because okay, I do. Okay, okay. I, there's a lot, a lot of good stuff going on there, and I, yeah. I like like a lot of Americans. <laughs> so, except for the, there's just one that I don't like. And you can you yeah. can guess who that is. You and millions of others. Yep. That's right. Exactly. I'm not alone. So everybody can relate to that one. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so back to you then. You're now excited. You just start blogging. So this is around uh, uh, like 2000 and what, seven, eight? It was about 2008. Yeah, February of 2008. We had just, um, you know, on a whim, bought a house, no money down. Like right when the whole eco- the, the real estate stuff was like all bonkers and everything was rising and we bought and everything crashed, right? And then every madness ensued. Yeah. So, where, well, where are you getting this money to uh, put a down payment on? Oh, I didn't have, have to. to. It was, it was oh. zero. Yeah, it was zero percent. That's how crazy it was. Of course, that's why I had a job. That was like what qualified me for. I think it was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Like, oh, you have a job. Here's three hundred fifty thousand. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. How could you go wrong? How could yeah. they go wrong giving you that? that? And everyone talks about home ownership and how awesome it is, and it's the American dream. And that's like the rite of passage being adult. Like it's just so ingrained, at least yep. over here. And so I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll buy it. You know, and, and I was, I bought it with my fiance at the time. You know, long story short, like that led me online too. And between that and then investing at the same time, I was like, I got to really figure out what the hell I'm doing with my money because now I own this house and, you know, I just don't know. I'm just going by the fly. And that's when I, you know, the blogging stuff came up. And it was really, there's a guy, um, Jonathan over at mymoneyblog.com. He was like the first blogger that I really started following. And he's still around, but back yeah. then he would share his net worth. Here's in my savings. Here's my investment. Here's my debt. Here's what I'm doing, right? Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And that for me, I learned like with real life examples and normal people, not like organizations or companies. Not that yeah. there's anything bad with it. It's just, yeah, it's just not my style. And so like when a regular person was talking to me and sharing, like opening up their finances, which is unheard of, right? Like no one talks about money and they surely don't give you exact details of what's in their accounts. You know? Still. Yeah, still. Right? Well, yeah. Um, and so like when I saw that, I was like, wow. And I was just glued to it, you know, and um, I don't know, probably after five or six months of reading blogs, you know, a lot of them were kind of boring and it was just like a lot of how to's. Uh, well, like I'm, you know, bored at work. I had a lot of downtime. Um, and I was like on Facebook or no, back then it was MySpace, if you remember that. <laughs> like, dicking around on there, you know, and I thought oh, I should do something more productive with my time. And I love blogging. Maybe, maybe I'll just start my own blog, right? And I didn't know anything about blogging. I didn't know you can make money. Like I didn't know anything. I didn't spell check. I had grammatical errors. I didn't capitalize anything. All I did was like my- You didn't goal. capitalize anything? What is no, that? No, like, like every time I wrote I or start a sentence, I just <laughs> excited to never capitalize. Like, wow. I tell a lot of new bloggers, a lot of bloggers start out doing that. I don't know what it is, but there's something that like is exciting about doing that. But then you get all these people emailing you all the time and eventually like it's annoying and you change, right? Yeah. Um, at any rate, um, I started blogging and my all goal was like, let's just talk about money every day. It'll help me stay accountable myself. It'll give me a fun community to talk to. And I, don't know, I just thought it was fun and I thought it'd be a few months long. And usually after that, I get bored. Um, but, you know, it took off and I would talk about, you know, saving money, you know, drinking beer. And I would talking about, you know, normal stuff that, a, you know, a guy in his 20s would talk about, but it was always related to money. And that was the one thing I said I was going to do is I was, I'm going to show my net worth just like Jonathan did, because that was like the most impactful part for me. So if you go back, I've been doing it now. For over 11 years straight, I think it's like 130 something net worth reports. But you can see when I first started tracking it, I think it was around like 50,000. Like that was right okay. before when K was kicking in. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's all the way up. I think it just dropped. I think the highest was a month or two ago, like 930,000. I think now it's like upper 800s. But that's a big difference. And of course, it's also over 11 years, which you know, some people forget, right? Well, but it's, it, I mean, 11 years doesn't seem like that long and, and yeah. you're really detailed with your, your updates and, and everything so that you, you had to be, it was important to be anonymous then, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well A, I wanted to, um, yeah, ironically, like the more anonymous you are, the more you can be real without, yeah. of you know, friends or family. And, and in my case, my boss, like there was a time where like I like I was really unhappy at my job and a lot of this like four one K stuff and other things, like they weren't getting deposited into my accounts. So there oh. was a lot of like illegal, weird, shady stuff going. 
and I had a platform where I could talk about it. So I did, you know, which looking back is, you know, probably pretty stupid. But at any rate, like I wanted to be anonymous. And now as a father with kids, I'm a hundred percent glad I'm anonymous because there's, you know, there's crazies out there. And I've gotten people, I've gotten death threats, you know, which is crazy, right? Like you write about like bunch what? of things. What? Yeah, I've gotten death threats of me, my my family. Like I've gotten people like stalkers. Like, you know, it's just people are crazy, right? But what, like for just like totally irrational, like what? why would they be threatening you? Yeah, it's hard to get into with that, <laughs> without going into the details, but they were pretty much good at like, like whatever, like the scariest words you can use to like, oh, wow. like it was like a mental kind of thing. Uh, okay. It really turned bad when they started, you know, involving my kids or my wife who was pregnant at the time. That's scary. Um, yeah, it is scary. And, um, you know, and so, you know, and I still, you know, I have my face out there and I still go to events and stuff. So, you know, I'm not like, I'm, you know, a hundred percent anonymous. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, we've met and I, met, you know, right. people, People know what you look like. There's pictures of you on on the internet. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that you, if your name is Jay or a variation of Jay or starts with Jay. So <laughs> that's pretty good. No one has revealed that to me. Uh, yeah, that's a good sign so far. Um, yeah, you know. So, anyways, but, you know, <laughs> being anonymous, I was like, well, I'm just going to divulge everything, right? My thoughts, my money, you know, because the more real, at least to me, the more real you are online like the more people connect and the dialogue start right and it can also backfire right there's things i've said that have offended people you know and actually over the years like i'm much more cognizant like i've learned so much about people and how you can say something and not mean something but then like people get really upset you know so i really try to make myself or my site like a positive place but you can't control it people yeah, will yeah. react however they react yeah yeah but yeah so that's how it started and i was just blogging and then people started following the site and then advertisers were like hey we'll pay you money you know to give away this or to you know do an ad and i was like great i'm doing it for free yeah i'll <laughs> i'll do that right and then over the years i eventually you know started doing it full time and now i've been so, I think, self-employed for about um nine or ten years almost so what were you doing like so you were saving money from your job. What was your day job uh, around that time before the blog started making you money? Yeah, I was working at startups doing like technology stuff. There's always like 15 to 20 people there. And um, in the early days, like ringtones were really popular when cell phones were coming out. Okay. Um, so we did like stuff around that. We did like some content stuff. And that's the thing too. Like I was used to, like I'd worked at E-Trade for a little bit, you know, which was a nine to five, um, at least my job. Um, and some other desk jobs. And then when I learned about the startup world, I was like, wow, this is so crazy because it's just a few people like running a business, right? But you learn so much and they're flexible and they have cool perks. And, you know, on the other side, some of the startups crash and burn, right? But that really gave me a taste for like, wow, there's another option out there besides just a nine to five. Um, if okay. you wanted to, right? Like you don't even have to, if, if you like it, that's great. And that gave, gave you time to the blog. And then of course, well, yeah. so you bought, you bought Budgets with Sexy. Was that the... Uh... The original one? Yeah, Budgets Are Sexy, I started, yeah, by myself. Yeah, just it was nothing, and I created it. Um, I started blogging um, there, and then that became, you know, my, my full-time salary. How long did that take? About three years for me to be getting. So I think my first job, or the job that I left, I think I was making 65000 Okay. Um, and then I started blogging on the side and, you know, make a 1000 a month or something. And then I think I got it to around like 40000 a year. And so when I left my, my, my startup job, like my, my, my money was cut in half because, you know, I had two jobs pretty much. Right. Then I went to blogging and I quickly realized, wow, like my money's dropped, but like, I'm also having the dream job of being a blogger, which is kind of That's cool. it, right? Yeah. I mean, so, able to do what you want to do. Yeah. And that, and that was a trade-off that was worth it. Yeah. And so you're like, it says here, like 20 million plus views, uh, on how, like when did that start? Yeah, after the first few years, it really started taking off, and and also being anonymous, which originally was kind of frowned upon, and media outlets didn't, you know, like they didn't really like anonymous people and blogging sure. like this, you know, not as professional, so they didn't pay attention to bloggers, and then all of a sudden, like blogging became cool and trendy, and you know, Twitter came out and all this stuff, and I got a lot of um, connection. I got a lot of like picking up in the media and spread around. And that made the site go viral for a little while. Um, so it really took off, especially after like, I would say the fourth year, lots of traffic, you know, advertisers were good. And then I kind of went into like a hardcore hustle mode. And I, and I had a friend that actually ran a finance blog 
And he was like, I'm going to go. I, I can't blog anymore, but I don't want to shut it down because it's making money. And I said, okay, like, um, what are you going to do? And he said, well, maybe you should buy it for me. And I was like, I'm not, like, what? You can't buy us a blog. It's a blog, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and that was really eye opening because then I realized that if obviously if a site's making money, it's kind of like a business. Mm-hmm. So then in businesses you can sell. Right. And I thought, wow. So I ended up saying no. And then eventually like I bought it from him and that opened up my eyes and I'm like, well, can I buy other blogs? And so for a few years I was buying other people's blogs when they were done, you know, writing. And most people after a year, like it's, that's enough. Right. Um, and so I want, I guess so. eh? Yeah. I had about like nine or 10, 11 different sites running and I'd pay writers to write, you know, for them, but budgets are sexy has always been me and, and my, my baby. And then over, and I had kids and I was like, okay, like I went from like hustle 20 hours a day, no sleeping, you know, oh, rah, rah, rah. Like I'm the man. I don't need sleep. Right. I'm going to build this empire. (laughs) I lost, I lost track of like the whole mission. Right. Which is, you know, have a nice lifestyle where you can relax and not work all the time, right? Yeah, it's easy to get carried away, I it guess. It is. Right? And online, it never stops. And you see what your friends are doing. So it's like literally at any time of the day, someone is doing something good. And so you get this competition and, um, you know, our community is really good and luckily not cutthroat or anything. No, you know, but, but like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of blogs out there at this time, right? Yes. It sounds like, you know, you have a unique way of presenting it. As, as you said, like there's lots of stuff out there, but it's all dry or, or standard, or this is how right. to save money on groceries or right, right. stuff like that. Was that what you were seeing? And you're just like, budgets are sexy. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of the same thing. And even, you know, 10 years into it, you see blogs and they're still right. It's, and money is pretty much the same for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, you know, like nothing is like the concepts are still the same. It's just yeah. the way you present it. And, you know, and I try my best at least to have fun. And like, my goal is for you to like come to the site and like leave a little bit happier or like at least thinking about money, you know, like I am not, I never go in depth with anything. I'm not an expert. I have no degrees. I don't like, that's not like there's other sites for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I just want you to think about money and to like enjoy it and to have fun with it and, and not be this boring dry topic all the time. Right. And so I always think of mine as like the fluffy, like dessert. And then like, once you get a taste, you're like, well, I kind of <laughs> need like, the, you know, to sustain myself, I kind of need the meat, you know, and potatoes, and then they go to other people's sites and get that. <laughs> That's awesome. And but you you've uh, become a coach and other things like yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, that's the thing. When you have an audience online, you get to do other things, right? You can coach. You can write books if you want. Or you can do speaking engagements. I mean, that was another eye opener for me. Is like once you have your online, like it's like a resume, right? Um, like it, yeah, absolutely. Doors of all these things you you can do or want to do, and people come to you and say, "Hey, like, would you like to do this?" And you know that's really exciting because any day you sit down, you don't know what you're going to get, right? I've turned down, and again, you know, the hustler in me back in the day would accept. I would say yes to everything, you know, like yeah, I'll write a book or yeah, I'll do this. But as I got older and had kids, I was like, well, that that's not what I want. Like, I just want, in the grand scheme of things, to just do whatever I want to do that day. Right. Maybe I want to work. Maybe I don't want to work, but I don't want it to, you know, have to be an issue. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love a, a whole company of uh, J Money money coaches. You know, <laughs> that would be awesome. Right. Because you, know, you would hire people who, you know, have the same philosophy or style as you and attract those people, too. Right. Yeah, like, I guess. So, yeah. Not not everybody wants a, a, to talk to a suit uh, or somebody with a, a designation. I know. I know I don't. Right. Right. And that's why, like that, that's why I present myself the way that I do, because I'm just the person who went through this, and you know, you you did the same thing, right? You're just a person, right? And you're writing about money, and that doesn't mean that you you can't help as much as anybody with a designation, right? Well, and I don't know if you get this, you probably do, because I would imagine it's universal. But when I first started money coaching, like I assumed I'd be talking about money a lot. <laughs> And yeah. it's amazing. Like the first calls with people, like you rarely talk about money. It's like, at least, and I don't know if it's the way that I'm like presenting it or. or no, it's not about money. Like, you're right. Yeah. It's all like, it always talks about like, well, what are you trying to do? Like, oh, I'm trying to move or I want to travel the world or I want this life doing this. 
And then at the end, I'm like, well, what does your money look like? And I'm like, oh, okay, we need another call for that, for that one. That was yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about numbers. No, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's so right. And, okay. and the funny thing is the investing part and all that stuff, that's just the tail end of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I found. And, and it became like, it was kind of like a therapy session, right? Someone just wanted to talk to someone about this stuff, you know, um, and then hopefully come away feeling better and, and some things that they can change. Right. And I always like giving people homework. You know, I've never been able to do that before. And then I'm like, I'm going to give you homework. And when we get on the call, <laughs> like, I'm literally going to ask you, did you do your homework? Right. So yep. it's not surprising. And like, of course, half the time, no, no, I didn't do it. I'm like, oh man, you know, and most people were good about it, but you know, there's people that I would talk to, I think the longest client I had was like two years and she didn't really do much of her homework. She just loved to talk about money. And I'm like, I don't think I can literally help you. Because like I don't, but you, but you are helping. That's what I think. I think yes. by just talking about it, right? That's all that she needed. Yeah, I don't know. Because some people just need to like nobody's talking to them about money. No, like like this podcast, for example, or when you were you're on with Paula, just yeah. talking about money, right? Like that just makes it jogs all the stuff in people's brains that that are like, oh, I should do something, right? Yeah, and your blog, like that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, you can read all you want and, and do stuff, but yeah, the the goal at the end of the day is for people to take action. So hopefully, you know, and I think that says stuff too, like, you know, the more funny you can be online or the more interesting or storytelling, like I like when people want to tell stories on my blog because that, like, I don't know that there's something in there that kind of hopefully inspires you or gets you just to, just to do something, right? Like you can't be like, actually I got an email yesterday from someone and we've been emailing, I don't know, six months or a year. And there's always all these questions, but it's always around the same thing about investing. And I just told her, I was like, I, you just need to do it. Like, like no more. Re- <laughs> yeah. It's better to invest and literally like lose half your money than do nothing because at least you have half your money invested and you learn and you can adapt. It doesn't have to be perfect. And so she's like, thanks. That's like just what I need. I'm going to go do it right now. So hope, hopefully she did. <laughs> there's almost so much you can learn. People just wait. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're waiting for the perfect time. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Oh man, that 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 time never comes. That, that's a that's a that's a hard game right there. Okay, so uh, to keep going with your story, yes. So you end up becoming so budgets are sexy is sort of the central thing for you. Yes, and maybe the media is coming to you, and yes, uh, you're, you're getting all these opportunities, and you can you can make your money from this. Yep, that's pretty much. And over the time, you know, and I start, I would start some other sites, like I started. Um, Actually, it's still going on. Rockstar Finance was like another second baby of mine that I created. and Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, to promote other articles. Like was, the whole theme was, hey, like here's the three articles I really enjoyed reading today around money. Pretty much you can just go to that one site and read three articles a day. And in my opinion, it was like the best stuff out there, right? And it was always other people's stuff. Like every now and then my own would go in there. But it was like the gems of the other, you know, other people, other bloggers. So you get a real sense of all the different stories and different tips. And that was fun for a while. And um, I eventually sold it, you know, to save time for the majority. It wasn't making that much money. Uh, And that's the thing I realized too, is usually when you start a blog, there's a purpose you have, Right. And, mm, yeah. you know, for me, it was just fun. It was fun. It was to be productive. It was to learn. It was to hold me accountable. And then when I realized there was money, I was like, okay, that's good. But for the better or the worse, the money was always secondary. Like once I could live off it, like I, I stopped trying, I guess, for, for lack of a better word, you know? And so whenever I started a new project, like Rockstar was always for passion or I thought it was a cool idea. So I was, I've never been a good businessman. I'm not really motivated by money anymore. And so, and I think that is because I have like the nest egg that's been saved up over the years, but it's also freeing to know, and, and, and I'll get greedy, you know, like if I start getting a lot of money, all of a sudden I want more, like I can feel it in me, like, okay, I want more. Mm. Right. And so like being able to back up over the years and be like, you know, again, as long as I have my lifestyle that I'm not going to like try and actively just pursue all this money, you know, like my, it won't change my lifestyle that dramatically. You know, well, I mean, it's hard, like in, in a way you do have a formula, like you, you're being able to buy and build up the blogs and, and I guess sell them, right? All these other finance blogs. Yes. But it's not, it, it's not because it's you and it's community and it's, it's your voice that, that would be hard to do. 
you know, it's not like you can mass produce this. Yeah. It's going to be really hard the day that I need to do something with budgets because it's so me. And, um, it is. Yeah. If I, it's I, you. Like you might, someone might want to buy it, but there's so much risk involved in what happens to my community. They're like, Oh, Jay sold out. Like I'm out of here, you know, or do they buy it? And then do I keep writing? And I'm just like a, a paid writer. Right. There's a lot of ways you can do it, but but it is different than if I built a site that did not have a voice and, you know, right, which is the more business way to go. Right. You want a business that doesn't involve, you know, around one person. Right. That's a scalable, sellable thing. That's what everyone tells me. But yeah, I, you know, I like I like the community. Well, yeah, <laughs> people like to tell you how to how to make money, obviously. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, like my personal opinion is that, like, because you can make money blogging. There's so many people that are starting blogs purely for the money. And granted, there's people that also care. But if you look like when I was, you know, when I had Rockstar Finance, I built a directory, which I, and I wanted the whole point of the directory was to track every single financial blogger there was, right? Yeah. I kept adding it. And I think when I stopped, we had, it, it was in the thousands of bloggers. And then I, we built this thing where we could see the feed of all the bloggers, um, I think you might even still be able to go to it now, but pretty much if any of the bloggers out there publishes a new article, it goes into this feed. So every day you can see two, I think like on average, 250 articles were made every single day by the financial blogging community. Right. Okay. And I would imagine we had like 90% of the community. Like we had pretty much everyone except like the brand new people that we didn't stumble across first. So then my goal was like, well, I want to see what everyone's right. Like writing about every day. And that really like, made me happy and sad at the same time. Cause I found a ton of great stories, which then, you know, I got to share with people, but then a majority, like, I don't know, 70, 80%, it was all the same. And it was all the same format that was made in order to make money and to do this other, you know, the other way of running a blog oh, Okay, really depressed me because, you know, when I started a lot of people, like it was all story. Right. And, and it, there wasn't much of that. There was a little, and so like over the years, I've been, you know, jaded by the industry because it is turning or at least a couple of years ago was going that way. And I don't know, that just made me, you know, sad, right? Because like the, the reasoning behind it was different and it wasn't to, you know, I don't know, connect and build community. It was like, you know, basically for money, right? Um, or to, sh to share your story, as you said, uh, in order to try to help someone else who's trying to relate. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with, with building it to scale. Right. And there are, and there are people that can do it both at the same time beautifully. Right. There's a lot of people like that. And those people I really admire because they, they, they make tons of money, but they're doing it like, you know, mm. in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, but, but the whole industry itself, I think, you know, with FinCon and that's the nice thing about our community is that we all, for the most part care, I, I would like to think, and we all like, we don't, again, we're not like, you know, cutthroat. Everyone's a pretty positive, you know, community, which I like. Yeah. I'd like to think that everyone's best interest is to help people. Yeah. And, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> all the ones you read and we read, right. All the ones we, you and I read probably are that way. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Right. Cause if I, if it doesn't appear that way, then I mean, I, you know, I have my blog, investwisely.ca. Okay. And I I wanted to just present things that other people weren't talking about, right? And my early stuff is about how fees are terrible and and uh my biggest post is how you get a free iPad by opening a checking account. It's not it's not free. Right, yeah, right. right. <laughs> You're paying a checking account fee. Correct. <laughs> right? And you have to stay with the bank for like two years or something. If you were getting free banking before it's not a free iPad, yeah, right? And that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about uh, all this standard stuff. I want to talk about things that no one's talking about. And that, therefore, that means I can't really be affiliated with those banks, can yeah. I? Oh, right? yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you can. But I don't, can. That's right. That's right. So so if I, there's two ways, right? You can either you know write for the, the financial institutions uh, or find ones that align with your with your values if, you ha if, if that exists. And maybe you've been able to, to find that, uh, or, you know, just talk about how to help people. Right. Yeah. And your story. Yeah. And I think a lot of people appreciate the story stuff. And I think that's why bloggers do, you know, they don't last that long. Usually like we were tracking that too. And after about a year, if you're not making any money, but you're like blogging, most people like it becomes like a, what, you know, what is my time worth kind of thing. 
right? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It does help. You know, if you get some kind of traction, you keep going. And that, that's why my favorite thing to read is brand new financial bloggers because they are giving you all their best stuff and they're so real and raw. And, you know, yeah, there's like spelling errors all over the place, like, you know, and they don't know what, you know, widgets doing what and everything's wonky, but man, it's like real life, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the reason why, you know, when somebody comes to me and says, uh, uh, oh, there's so many blogs out there, like, you know, where's there room for me? And I'm like, well, nobody can tell your story. Like, nobody can write the way that you can with your perspective. So do that. Hell yeah. Yep. And you know, they were saying that when I started my blog 11 years ago and I thought that they did a blog. Eh? Oh. blog. There's hundreds of blogs out there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's always going to be so many. Right. But you know, well, even now, as we were talking earlier, right, there's Twitter and there's, you know, all this video stuff and there's just so many other social media platforms that people I, I see starting to explore now. Right. And so that's the thing. Like, like, like you always hear articles is blogging dead, you know, like everyone's moving away. Right. But you know, it's, I, I don't think it's a platform as much. I think it's like the, the storytelling and the connect, like people want to be connected, you know? And if you, and they say the same about podcasting uh, too, right? Oh, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. So many podcasts out there. Meanwhile, uh, you know, they, they probably said that like five years ago. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. Podcasting was around years ago and then it like, I don't know, went away or slowed down. And then all of a sudden, like the last three or four years, right? Like exploded. It seems like. Yeah. It just made so much sense to, to, to do it because I was running as I, as I spoke, right? So I might as well yeah. just start talking. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. It's much more fun being interviewed on a podcast than it was for me the opposite way. <laughs> I yeah, I remember you saying that in your quitting uh, uh, or the, <laughs> the reasons to quit episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was fun to try and to see what it's like to be on the other side for sure. You know, and obviously like you and other people like love it. So I, I think it's great that you're doing it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, I, I I blog sporadically now, but I podcast every week. That's my that's my commitment. And like you said, you have to choose. You can't do everything, right? Well, and the commitment part's good too. I'll say, like, if anyone is wanting to start something, a podcast, a blog, like that was that was probably the the main reason I'm still here all, all these years is because whatever my schedule was, I forced myself to stick to it because I knew if I'd slip, I'd start slipping more, and then eventually just like give up. You know, and so yeah. back then it was, you know, blogging every single day, Monday through Friday, like no matter what. And there was times where like I'd go out drinking, you know, and come back at midnight and be like, oh, crap, I forgot to like do my blog post for the morning. Right. Um, and I would stay up all, you know, two, three a.m. trying to formulate some you know cohesive thing. And, it, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the greatest, but like it, it forced me to stay on track. You know, and then over the years, I went to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And actually this year I'm back to doing it every single day because it was, the consistency really helps you keep going and, and, you know, you don't get blocked up as much, at least I find. Um, so like the, 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 the having a yeah. schedule and sticking to it is a big, big way to, to, to continue with your project. It's, it's actually pretty impressive. I mean, you can tell you've been doing it for a while, like the kind of content that comes out every day in an email, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's original content from you or aggregation, it seems to be a combination of both usually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm slowly running out of things. So I find other people I'm like, Ooh, I like that. I'm going to blog about what they said, you know, <sighs> you know, it helps them too. They get traffic. And, um, you know, I think that's the key. Like, again, like for me, I just want people to enjoy, I want them to come to the site and leave better than they did. Like when they got there. Right. Like that's, that's the point. And hopefully you, you take action after that. Well, yeah. And I think people like when you're giving your perspective on something that you're presenting to them. Like if you just were like, Here's a blog from somebody. See you later. Yeah. It, you, like the whole, when I, you know, I get the emails every day. I guess it is every day. Eh? Yeah. Every day, first thing in the morning while I'm driving Uber, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it comes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like you're, you know, it's like, hey, trust J Money. You lo you're presenting it and you're giving context. And I think, I mean, that's what people want, whether it's, you know, you're writing the article or not. Right. Yeah, I try. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it's coming across that way because that is that is the goal. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to add anything to this. It's so beautiful. You know, I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> but, but even if, even if you just said that, I mean, you know, I think uh, people just appreciate how real it is, and I I, I appreciate that that you're awesome. well. I guess keeping keeping it real is a, hey, a sentence, right? Yeah. As an almost 40 year old now, I feel like uh, that's nice and hip, right? Like I started in my 20s, and now like it's funny. I like, you know, when I started, I had no kids, I wasn't married. And now I've gone through this process. I mean, 10 years of your life, right? So much changes. 
Um, and so it's funny to look back. Yes. And, yeah. And it's interesting when people have read you, like I have some people that started in high school reading me and now they've gone, graduated college, have a family of their own. So it's really cool when people stick around for that long too and go through the phases together. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't relate like, you know, a lot of the people, like the people that my original audience, like now is so different, you know, than it was back then. Um, you know, and I like, I'm, I feel like I'm an average person, right? Like I don't do anything really crazy. You know, I'm not like an expert in all this stuff. And I think, you know, because my net worth has gone higher over the years, like it turns off a lot of people or people can't relate. And, and that's probably really, you know, the saddest thing for me. Cause that, those are the people that like, I still feel like I am, you know, like starting out, trying to learn, getting excited about money, how everything works, you know, that, that part to me is really exciting. Um, and once you get like your money goes up, you get the people that want to maximize or make more millions of dollars, right? Like it, it becomes this whole other game. It's just a different, you know, way of doing it. Um, and I'm now stuck in that one and I want to get back to the other one, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> well, I guess that's the, pro- the, the pros and cons to, to sharing your net worth. I mean, you know, if you weren't sharing it, maybe you could still feel you know more connected that way or they would feel more connected to you or the you know the you could speak in that same language yeah. uh, without revealing the 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 money but then of course the reason why you have the money is because you've been so successful at speaking to people right yeah yeah i know it's an interesting an interesting it's a catch-22 yeah um and overall i'm pretty happy so i just uh go about my business until someone tells me i can't blog anymore <laughs> or something i don't know <laughs> i just before before i let you go and thanks so much for giving me this time yes um i just wanted to talk about uh all the philanthropy stuff that you've done i mean i i i was part of the one of your last rockstar finance community oh, things cool. where yeah well you know that you wanted people to give uh what some money like a hundred dollars or something yeah. to somebody and then write about it Right. Right. Yeah. Every now and then I, I, I get really inspired to do like, I'm not really good at giving back in general. Like it doesn't come naturally. And so I have to make like projects or make it a thing in order for me to like push myself. Right. And I've done tricks over the years where like, if someone asks me for money or donate, I always have to say yes. Um, that way it forces me to do it. Like, cause I want to do it. It's just, I don't go out of my way naturally to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We all need, uh, some kind of push to, yeah. You know, for charity, it's not, it doesn't seem to come naturally to, to a lot of people. <laughs> That's true too. And also I connect again, one-on-one. So like, I'm much more, you know, I, I would help you as a person. Like if you came to me needing help, like, oh, I would help you in an instant. Cause I can directly see the effects and I like it versus if I give to a bigger company, I just, I loot all that gets lost. And then I get hit up for more donations and yeah. it a company and not like a person. Right. Um, not, and those companies are great. That's fine. But um, but anyways, yeah. So over the years I've started projects, the rockstar one. Yeah. We did, um, giving cards where we'd in the beginning, we'd put load $20 on these, like, you know, debit cards or giving cards, whatever they are. Um, and we pass them out to people, bloggers and other people that want to use them, but they had to share what they did with them. Um, and that was really cool because it got people to do something good. Right. And people do anything from like handing it to someone on the streets to like creating a pizza party or using that money to turn into other money. Um, one person used it and got other people to pay off all the school lunches um, that were like overdue in like a, in an elementary school. Like they, were, they just like wiped all the debt out. Um, oh, wow. The next town over, like got in the paper, the next town over said, well, we want to do it too. So they did it. So it became like a ripple effect. It was really cool. And then, um, yeah, so that was a fun thing that we did. And years ago, we had this project called Love Drop. Um, where our, like we, we raise like a dollar or $2 from people every month. And then the pot of money at the end of the month, we'd find someone to help. We drive or fly over to where they lived in the country. We kind of surprised them with this big, you know, pot of money and then other stuff that people would make for them or like whatever they needed. One month, someone needed a car to help get to work and someone donated a car to us and we drove the car over and we filmed it all so people could wow. see their effects, right? Like I just gave you a dollar today and then in three weeks, I could see you giving that dollar or car or whatever to the person, right? It was very connected um, and it was micro giving. And, and, and that, that was is super cool. Yeah, it was really fun. It was kind of like um, the HGTV, like, uh, you know, move that, you know, truck, like where they fix up the house and stuff like that and make this ordeal. And, and we had fun doing that for a year. That's probably like something that I struggle with the most is like, how can I use this community and our connections to do something bigger 
and better and, and helpful like that. Right. And I still don't know what that is, but that's where I'd want to end my journey online is doing something like that. You know, if possible, it'd be pretty cool. Well, I think you've done some great stuff so far and it's good to know that you're, you know, that's where you want to head with it. And it's not just, you know, how much money can I have yeah. you know, to, to buy my Lamborghinis and, yeah. and such, right? That's an, and that's an easy thing to go down with blogging about money. Cause like I've thought and talked about money every single day for 11 years, you know, and like, <laughs> and you see that a lot. How do I get more money? Right. So yeah, it is a tricky slope to, to watch for regardless of the path you're on. So yeah, thanks for combining the community with the, the charity and, yeah. and, and using it for good. Uh, we all need to, if once we're in that position, you know, people, they say they can't relate to you if you have a high net worth, but, uh, Hey, you know, you're able to help people now and, and maybe that'll motivate them to get there too. I hope so. That would be a really good thing. Our, our world is crazy. We need as much uh, positivity as we can get right now. So I know, I know, right? Well, thanks so much for coming on, uh, Jay. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again in D.C. at FinCon. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And that was episode 89 with Jay Money. If you like the podcast and want to see me get to episode 100 and beyond... Please support the podcast by going to my Patreon site and becoming a patron. It's only a few bucks a week, but if enough people do it, it starts to add up. So head over to patreon.com slash Humphreys if you're interested. I am now offering free 15-minute personal finance consultations online. I'm a personal finance coach. So if you're looking for someone to help you get organized, head over to bowhumphreys.com and click on the banner to book a free 15-minute personal finance consultation. We'll chat about your situation and you can decide if booking an hourly coaching session is something that will help you get moving in the right direction. That's it for this episode. I'll be back next week with award-winning financial confidence expert, CPA, attorney, and president of Financially Fierce, Sonia Smith-Valentine.